Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. We're going to talk today about the 50 best albums of the year so far, which is literally a changing thing. We have a list on our website that is not changing, but I don't care. We're adding at least one album to it right now, which may mean we have to officially kick one off. Maybe we'll sit around and decide which one we're kicking off. That will be most of the show. But anyway, we have here uh, Chris Weingarten, Simon vozik Levinson, and Sarah Grant. Hey, all. Hello. Yo. Hey, guys. So, yeah, I wanted to start by talking about an album that isn't even on the list because it came out after the list was made. That album is Everything is Love by the Carters, a.k.a. Beyonce and Jay-Z. And can we all agree that this album would have been on the list had it come out in time? Absolutely. No question. Does anyone not like this album? Or is, Chris, do you, is there anything? You, tell, <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell us what you don't like about this <laughs> album. Yeah, come on. Our staff skeptic. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't dislike the album. Uh, but you know, I do think that, uh, the prompt embrace of a pop star who started rapping at the expense of, uh, the many, many, many fantastic rappers that we have going right now is, is a narrative I'm not a hundred percent behind. Did you just call Beyonce a pop star? I mean, the most important you know, billionaire, amazing pop star we have, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, trying, trying something new. The, uh, the song Salou, it's not the first song that everyone was talking about, but that's actually what's popping right now. I wonder if we can hear that in a moment, but what do you like about this album? I mean, this album just has so much effortless joy and confidence when Beyonce raps, she she's just floating. She's on on a level that's impossible, at least for me. I mean, she's good. Enjoy. Don't get me wrong. She is good. Uh, you can hear how much fun they're having in the studio. You can hear the genuine bond there. These aren't people who are sort of put together by a label. There's a genuineness to their back and forth when Jay-Z's in there ad-libbing. You know, she went crazy after one of Beyonce's verses. I love it. I wish Jay Z just would have stepped up and started singing too, though. That would have. That would have. <laughs> That's actually it's true. It's only fair that if Beyonce unveils herself as a good rapper, that Jay Z should have to do his utmost to just sing, and not like just a, a little Drake singing, like just you know belt it out. Like I'm talking runs and like he just had, really and go it, for it. And if he had just really go for it, <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, in the other song, the, you know, Ape Shit was, was was the was the original thing. I mean, what's cool is is hearing him. He's always evolved his flow. On this release particularly, he seems really comfortable with a lot of like more current flows and stuff and, and, and stylistic approaches, I would say. Yeah, I mean, when Jay-Z is on, there's almost no one who it's more fun to listen to rap than him. He's just, you know, he's bouncing in triplets. He's doing all these incredible cadences and flows. It's just amazing, the mastery. Do we have some uh, music to play? Can we hear uh, the Salou or, or Ape Shit? We have one Ape of those. Shit. Ape Shit, we've got. Let's hear, let's hear that. Like kangaroos, tell these clowns we ain't amused. Man, the clips for that monkey business. Four five got changed for you. Motorcades when we came through. Presidential with the planes too. When better get you with the residential. Undefeated with the cane too. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need I think you. one of my favorite lines the, on the album is when Beyonce is like, pay me in equity. <laughs> which, is, which is, I'm sure, a, a, a sentence that she said in real life many times, you know, but it's never been in a, in a, in a rap before, to, to my knowledge. Uh, 
So let's go to things that are actually on the list. So Pusha T's album is on the list. We were talking about we were talking about him and his feud with Drake the other day, and his is the only album among the slew of releases, the good music releases, the label he's president of. And it made me think, like, man, maybe it's a conflict of interest if you make if you're the president of the label and you make the only good one out of <laughs> out of all the label out of all the stuff your your label's releasing that year. I don't well, that's know. That's why it went first. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> let's let's put that the good one first. But I mean, we won't dwell on it since we've talked a little bit about him recently but what works for you about the album and it is it does have the virtues of all the good music albums recently which is it's very short and tight which is their thing right now yes yeah, like mm-hmm. 23 minutes 22 minutes and you know it's an ep really but yes no i mean <laughs> if they want to call i mean like you know we are entering a an era where you know the the semantics of what is an album what is an ep what is a release what is a playlist you know it's 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 all being toyed with right now because you know the way we consume music is so fluid so you know if he wants to call it an album it's an album as far as i'm concerned um but uh you know it really is like no frills no nonsense every you know every beat is just masterfully uh put together you know there's 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 no bs on it it's 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 meat and potatoes rap as as you know my old balding ass understands <laughs> <laughs> understands rap music like it's definitely uh you know the rap qua rap as it were rapidy rap i think is the term now. <laughs> bars <laughs> bars rapidy rap so uh, the opening track is if you know you know uh i don't know if we can get that one ready but uh and you know the sample on that is uh this metal band from Ypsilanti, Michigan called Air. And, and not not the other Air. Not yeah. the not the not the many other airs that if we wanted to if we, if we wanted to totally dork out here. Oh God, I just opened a door to hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> but let's hear Ladies that song. and gentlemen, yeah. let's <laughs> drug dealers ringing off. I just happen to be alumni. Too legit, they still looking at me with one eye. The company I keep is not corporate enough. You know, and that's the the sample is from uh, a Numero Group compilation, and I think that Numero Group is really kind of capturing the zeitgeist of what people want as far as reissue music right now, and as far as like what's uh, cool and underheralded in a way that like Rhino was twenty years ago, and I think it really says a lot that Kanye is grab you know like the you know the biggest producer in the universe is gravitating big reissues it's interesting how and we won't get into a whole Kanye thing again but it's interesting how Kanye's mojo as a producer seems to be the last thing to go (laughs) Kanye started as an incredible producer and he's still got it I think sometimes that's not where his main attention is but when he focuses he's one you know one of the greatest producers you know he treats the MPC like an instrument here you know like that's the thing like he started you know in you know the late 90s early aughts playing the MPC like like an instrument and here he's he's doing again he's phenomenal at it let's talk about snail mail is it her? Is she snail mail? Is she it one is of those situations? Mail, yeah. I get these so confused because she has a band as well. Yeah, she, she has a band that she plays with, but snail mail is her. It's you know one singular, incredibly talented musician. Yes, yeah, so it's a, a, an eighteen-year-old, literally recent high school graduate. Um, you know, a, a young queer girl who is uh, making this indie rock that I think Corey Grow, who wrote. Uh, our little write-up of it says that you know indie rock has entered its sort of black crows phase, <laughs> when in which it's sort of 
somewhat reenacting the indie of an earlier era. That may or may not be true, but but it, it is. I, I, I've just the moment I heard her uh, in the last year, I was really captivated. I mean, she's she's got a a real talent that I think transcends even the style of what she's working in, like a, a songwriting talent, a voice, like she's really something special. I know you're a big fan, Simon. Yeah, she's she, her name is Lindsay Jordan. She's incredibly compelling, amazing guitarist, and as you say, just a great classically talented songwriter. She knows how to construct a verse, a bridge, a hook that hits exactly where it's supposed to hit. Uh, when you think of songs like Heat Wave, my favorite single off of mm-hmm. this album, um, that song is just perfect. There's no wasted moment on it. There's a guitar solo that's short but perfect. She goes to the bridge exactly when she wants to go to the bridge. Uh, it's really it's a there's a, a classical perfection to that song. I think if there's a wave of rock that's making a little bit, I'm good. My, I've just wandered into a linguistic nightmare. But basically, what I was going to say is a wave of rock that's making bigger waves, which is a horrible, horrible thing to say. <laughs> but basically, yeah, if, if if some of this rock is is coming up a little bit more it seems to be because people are writing better songs maybe digging back in on the songwriting a lot of these people have grown up on very well crafted pop in addition to whatever rock they're listening to and i can't help but thinking that bleeds in i don't know yeah that's interesting i think right you know style and vibe and feel are good but you have to have the songs and i think that's true across you know a lot of the great young indie rock acts that we're hearing now, right. from Snail Mail to Soccer Mommy to lots of others. Right. You end up sounding like Clive Davis or something when you say <laughs> that, but there, but there is truth in that. And I, I think some of the pressure that was off because a lot of these people were like, there's no way, it, you know, because of stylistic changes, if I write my little rock songs, they'll never get on the radio anyway. And I think lack of pressure and that lack of like any possibility of it and the lack of A&R people asking for the single I think genuinely hurt rock that's my weird counterintuitive uh, pitch there but let's hear Heat Wave which Simon has put up for the potential song of the summer Yeah. And sorry, you, you were nodding your head. You're a big fan of that. Well, as Simon was speaking about her, I was I was reminded by someone else's on the list, Lucy Dacus, who's also, uh, you know, an incredibly talented songwriter. And just, you know, her album Night Shift is one of my favorites of the year so far. And very similarly, she kind of came out of nowhere. She's from Richmond, Virginia, and, you know, had this kind of meteoric breakthrough moment in the last couple of years and never really expected it. Um, and I think it's because of that freedom, the support. Um, you know, it sounds kind of like a cliche, like, <laughs> but, um, you know, her songs are so freewheeling on this, on her records in a similar way. Um, the album is called Historian, Song Night Shift, but um, all of the songs are, the songs are very long on this album, but they don't feel like it because she has these incredible you know, time signatures that she switches up between. And, um, you know, so it's almost like four, you know, Night Shift, for example, as, uh, you know, it's got these four kind of different segments that you kind of go through almost like seasons and or phases of the day. It's um, it's a really powerful song, Break Up Anthem and kind of. Well, let's check that out. Kiss your lips so I know how it felt. Pay for my coffee and leave before the 
Barnett was slightly or came before a lot of these acts and she she had her new album which was like a little more of an inward looking album a little bit not embittered but it had a different mood to it uh tell me how you really feel but she's definitely one of the great singer songwriters at the moment what do you guys like about this album that made it end up here well I think every song on tell me how you really feel has that kind of uh roiling emotional intensity she's arguing with herself arguing with people in her life there's no sort of slack dull moments on this album i think of the song charity uh another song that has sort of a perfect indie rock hook uh sort of anthemic sounding uh, where she's sort of interrogating herself she says you must be having so much fun everything's amazing right you would think it would be great to be you know harold is one of the great singer songwriters of your generation but that's not always the case well, it's the it's the classic sort of second album thing. It's interesting to watch that play out. It's it, it's always interesting. Like, she must be aware of the cliche, and it's like, am I going to play into it, or it's like that's how I'm feeling. Like, it's not that great right now. And she is she does have that '90s thing to her, so it kind of makes sense that she would kind of turn around on that. Uh, weirdly, Stephen Hyden, a uh, friend of the show, rock critic, compares her to Tom Petty, which maybe is just a, a I, I don't know. Do, do, you, do you see? I don't really get it, quite honestly. I'll, I'll, next time we get up, Stephen, I will ask him about it. I think I can kind of see it. There are moments when Courtney Burnett's music feels like it could kind of work on a road trip in the way that a great Petty song does, where it has this kind of like rollicking, uh, you know, wind blowing through your hair energy. But I think that's as far as it goes. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask him. But let's hear that if we can. So rock is really living, at least right now, on the, in the last 10 minutes on the show. Uh, <laughs> to, to switch to pop, uh, Sean Mendes, um, he has his album. It's it's actually also called Sean Mendes, but what people don't realize is the title is pronounced Sean Mendes. So that's I was just I was I, I was I got the title and, and his name confused. But th- this is not someone who you would have expected to show up on any critics list. He was a very sort of. Uh, in our own write-up, you know, often forgettable pop and B leaning white male stars, and then he is—he's he, like one of those guys who all of a sudden he came out and he made uh, you know a, a, a good album, I guess. From what I've liked, what I've heard from it so far, Do you, are you a fan? I am, um, and I wasn't expecting to be a fan, to be honest. I mean, it, I mean, he's, uh, you know, for a for an album like this to have us to lead with the song like "In My Blood," which is so. Um, raw and he has spoken about that and how that was jarring for people and producers when he first brought that forward um you know it's a song about um kind of reckoning with shame with reckoning with self-doubt and um he goes to a really dark place on it which is um striking for a young otherwise very kind of shiny looking pop star yeah, he's known for for his abs is a thing he's known for. He's oh, like, really? yeah, he is, he is like <laughs> good abs. He, he is like like a like a nineteen pack. It's crazy. Uh, when our my our colleague Andy Green asked him like eight questions about his abs. So he determined. <laughs> uh, he, he says he works on him very hard. So good good for him. It's you know when your abs and your hooks are on point, that's when you become a pop star. And one of the things that's interesting about this album, a few things is it, it's got like a, a real and I'm not going to say murderer's row because I hate that phrase. Uh, it's got a real murderer's row of <laughs> of. of <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) co-writers on it Uh, Julia Michaels Ed Sheeran 
you know, Ryan Tedder. It's got a, a duet with Khalid. It's it's got a lot of like help on it. And then John Mayer plays guitar on it. And the other thing is it's sort of John Mayer core. We, we were talking about this in the office. There is this thing where John Mayer is like a godfather for a whole generation. In fact, of people of varying styles, which is just, it's just one of the things you have to adjust. Like John Mayer has been around for a while and he is a, a, a major respected influence, which, you know, perhaps wouldn't surprise John Mayer given his self-conception, but might, might surprise some critics who were pretty hard on him in the, in the 2000s. It is surprising. I, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, when John Mayer showed up playing a solo on Frank Ocean's first major label album. That was uh, such a sort of break your brain moment for a lot of critics, people who love Frank Ocean but would otherwise hate John Mayer. And they had to admit, you know, it's a pretty good solo. He sounds good. I think the the John Mayer assance is is really happening, <laughs> and I think that he will be viewed entirely differently in a couple of years, as long as he doesn't do anything weird in his dating life or say anything horrible in interviews. But then I, I really do. <laughs> so I, we'll give this opinion another two I, three weeks. I, I'm guessing. I really do. No, I mean, I, I, my, my sense is really, I mean, when you combine, this is a, a side note, but I, I really, when you combine the fact that he's, you know, the, the front end of the Grateful Dead or whatever, how we would call it, with like this burgeoning new respectability among young pop stars combined with the decent music he's making currently, it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's like a chill millennial Jerry Garcia, and it turns out that's something people like. Well, it's also, he's probably, um, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of his songs are the fir- among the first songs that you know, these young young people, not these young people, are learning on guitar for the first time. I mean, my little brother learned a John Mayer song when he was in high school alongside the Beatles and, uh, you know, the classics. Give me an Smoke give on me the his, water. Give me his address. I'm going to mail him some Clash CDs. We can... <laughs> do, do we have uh, In My Blood from, from that album? Let's hear that if we can. Help me. It's like the walls are caving in Sometimes I feel like giving up But I just can't It isn't in my So that's Sean Mendez And that's the opening track to his new album And it's called In My Blood And you're listening to Rolling Stone Music Now We're talking about the top 50 albums of the year so far And we'll be right back with a whole lot more Just take her home and you'll feel better What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. Part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Where should we go? Where should we go? How how about Heinz? I don't run. That's another Simon favorite, I think. Yeah, I love that album. Um, Heinz are another example of today's generation of young people with guitars channeling stuff that was cool 15 or 20 years ago and making it completely fresh and fun and new. Uh, This is their second album. They're a band from Madrid, Spain. Uh, They grew up loving The Strokes. They actually hired Gordon Raphael, who produced the first two Strokes albums, to produce this album. And wouldn't you know it, it sounds like an awesome, cool Strokes album for 2018. I love it. 
I love that because there's whenever you're someone like Gordon Raphael, just on an employment basis, it's like first you're hot, everyone wants you, and then it's like oh no one wants your dated stroke sound, and then like ten years pass or whatever, and it, it's like it's like oh we want that awesome classic sound that you want. That's how it works, you know. Right, and you know I, I should add, you know, um, in addition to hiring the Strokes producer, Heinz are also genuinely great songwriters and musicians in their own right. Uh, they no, have, it's all about the dude they hire. That's all I care about. <laughs> no, um, of, of course, yes. Yeah, so no, yeah, and yeah, so they have yeah. they have two singer guitarists, both really talented, slightly different styles that complement each other really well. Um, just you know, sort of great classic indie rock sounds. Uh, really fun live if you see them too. They put on a really rowdy, raucous show. Is there a, a particular song we should be looking at? We can. Uh, yeah, can you play Soberland? It's funny because one of the things with them is like every picture I've ever seen of them that they're so intimidatingly hip they seem I think it must be like sort of a Spain thing like they're they're, they're like five levels up as hipsters they, they just seem they seem like, like they're, they're so like languid that, that's their that's their it's like well we just recorded this like it's like you they're interviewed really cool. them once right and then weren't they like really really cool and chill they're incredibly cool yeah, yeah. No, no question there is a level of cool that I think like a, an average American indie rock band can't quite attain <laughs> well, let's hear that if we can Chris, do you want to take a couple picks of stuff that that is are uh, your babies on this list? Well, my favorite album of the year <laughs> so far is uh, Autiker's NTS Sessions One through Four, which is a seven-hour, fifty-nine-minute data dump of <laughs> <laughs> of some of the most uh, batshit, inventive, cutting-edge electronic music that I've heard in years. Um, you know, these guys have been around, uh, you know, since the nineties and they've stumbled across this kind of new way of making music. And I'm not sure what part of it is composition, what part of it is improv, what part, you know, some of it's like jazz, some of it's like jamming, but you know, they're using some of it's artificial intelligence, like using these computer programs to sort of, uh, you know, help propel these alien rhythms and completely mutated sounds. And it's it's absolutely uh, unlike any music on Earth right now. One of the first ways they kind of hit the mainstream was uh, Tom York was kept name dropping them around the Kid A era. Absolutely. Uh, so I wonder if he's going to hear this now and uh, embark on, uh, on some kind of other uh, Radiohead mutation just based on this. I mean, we can only hope. Um, I, if everything sounded like this, I, I, I would be, so, I would be so amped. Like it really does like pull me out of, uh, the familiar rhythms and textures and sounds and, uh, you know, song structures I'm used to. They really are. And I've been calling them the world's most cerebral jam band. So this, this song that I have, uh, you know, that they're going to queue up right now is, uh, it's called Gonk Steady One. And it is, uh. 22 minutes long. We're obviously not going to hear all of it. And let's, let's hear that if we can. Do we have it? <laughs> Sorry. You have to hear all seven hours to really appreciate yeah. it. I mean, honestly, I could I could really write to this. I would like to put this on while while working, because like, it's. Uh, 
I actually always, actually, well, to be honest, actually, I, I mean, I actually always like these guys. I haven't, yeah. I haven't listened to them since the early, early to mid two thousands. But this is well. If you have a spare seven hours and fifty nine <laughs> minutes, I certainly would recommend this. The last, the last one is you know like near the last session has like nearly an hour of you know weird. Uh, you know, alien drone that you know that sounds uh, just like this. Sh- you know, alien shoegaze stuff. It's it's beautiful. It's weird. Uh, it is complete. Takes me completely out of all expectations I have about music, and it is basically the only thing I can get excited about right now. Well, I, I commend you for getting it on this list. Honestly, uh, that, that that's that's you know because think of how many people who never would have been aware of it got introduced to it so that's cool and we're, we're hopefully 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 at least one person listening to it right now was like i gotta check that out and it's it's a u t e c h r e by the way phonetically you never would have gotten it all right what else uh, you, you want to do what's, let's do another weird thing what do you got <laughs> another weird thing. well i mean i mean i don't want to call them i don't want to say weird because uh you know they are uh incredibly popular in their home country but it's certainly uh, a little off the uh, American radar is a uh, Nigerian band Town National, and yeah, certainly not weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's definitely definitely not something that uh, you know gets a lot of of radio play in America, and you know, uh, with uh, a, you know, there's been a lot of uh, American indie rock labels signing African rock bands in the last you know five six years, and a lot of them are just getting heavier and heavier and harder and harder. And these guys, you know, are are almost like a, a heavy math rock band, uh, but, you know, combining this kind of desert blues guitar and, you know, it really is uh, just, you know, rhythmically intense and, and, you know, viscerally huge. And the first song on that rules. If we can hear that, but that'd be, that'd be great. Oh my god, wait till Trey Anastasio hears this. It's <laughs> like we've got the next 10 years of fish. Yeah, and the tremor is just an absolute beast. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely is... Uh, I love this kind of, you know, this the new heaviness to these, to these bands that are, you know, getting exposure in America. Sarah, what uh, jumps out on the list for you? Where would you like to go? Are we talking weird or no? Surprising? No, no, just just uh. you, just you. Whatever you like. I have to say, as of today, because I listened to it for the first time front to back, do not sleep on the new Judas Priest album, wow. which Corey has been telling me. <laughs> Corey Crow, our colleague, um, who's uh, the Judas Priest guru, uh, Firepower. Is their 18th studio album next year? They're turning the 50. band is 50, 50 yeah. years old. I mean, Black Sabbath is, you know, with them retired, they're kind of the, you know, the gatekeepers of that first wave of heavy I metal. I can't imagine doing anything for 50 years. If you let had alone told me that this was their, band. if you had told me that this was their second album, I would have believed you. I mean, <laughs> it is so much fun. Uh, I mean, there's so many great songs. The first three songs are just amazing. You could pick any one of them. Uh, <laughs> well, let's do the opener if we can. Firepower, All right? right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, people there's there's a there's a tendency to just dismiss anything late career from people, and that's obviously a terrible mistake. And I would is. have totally done that, yeah. but um, if it hadn't been for this list, I, and I might have missed this album. But I mean, it's just everything you you want from them, and and I mean. Uh, Rob Halford sounds amazing. Voice is completely intact. You've got those like dueling six-string solos, and uh, it's just a fun, heavy album for the summer. Chris, oh well. Speaking of fun, heavy albums, the uh, <laughs> the Sleep album, the Sciences, yes. is the the more contemporary metal uh, album on the list, and. Uh, you know, they have had a really fascinating career of just sort of being this underground 90s band. And after they disappeared, like their legend just grew and grew and grew. And I think this is like their first album in 19 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, they came back and, you know, so much of contemporary, you know, sludge and doom and, uh, you know, subterranean metal owes a huge debt of gratitude to them. And so they come back and it not only sounds completely contemporary, but, uh, you know, it, 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 no, it just rocks. It (laughs) plays the second song, uh, marijuana, knots theme, (laughs) you know, the, the, the riffs are so airy and so big. Like I could listen to a whole record of just the guitar tone on this. Have another pick, Sarah? And I do. Uh, on a, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, Casey Musgraves' "Golden Hour." Oh yeah, that might um, be great. Maybe my favorite album of the year. Yeah, on, yeah, it's every time I listen to it, I find different things I like about it. It is, I think, her most elegant album. She really found. I mean, kind of country disco. Who knew that that was that she could make that sound so appealing? Um, for a lot of people, that sounds like a nightmare. But it really just sounds like. Yeah, like you're opening a window on a clear day. She, her vocals are pristine. The melodies are, they're just beautiful. Uh, she made a really, it's just a striking album. And she, I think she kind of condensed her entire kind of artistic vision on this album. You know, for people who haven't been following her, she's a country singer songwriter. And this is sort of her least country album, which can always be dangerous territory, but it's very, very elegantly done and still quite country tinged and just very lovely. She got, um, she got married and it's, it's a happy record. It's just sort of this, it's just full bliss. And you know, the, the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh, is this sort of country Carly Rae Jepsen? Because it had, (laughs) it hit a, a similar sort of like blissed out love struck thing. I frankly like it better than Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, I, I, I'm 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 just a huge fan of it. We we've tried to have Casey on the show. Maybe maybe she can be. Uh, there was a chance she could have been today. She's in town. We tried actually. I'm seeing her but, tonight. Yeah, she's uh, she's opening for Harry Styles. And uh, maybe we can hear. I, I love Space Cowboy. There's a lot of great songs. I was on that, just going to say I, that's I, the, it's, a, it's 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 a silly little pun. Uh, but it's not it, the Insync cover. <laughs> yeah, but if we if we can hear that, let's do it.
so yeah, she just, uh, you know, she, she said to me when I interviewed her earlier this year, it's like, you know, because she's been actually politically outspoken in the past and not particularly on this record. And her thing was like, you know what, I, I just kind of feel like people need a little beauty right now. And she's not wrong, you know. Um, Simon, do you have a pick uh, for something else? Uh, can we talk about the Ray Schremmerd album? Shremmer yeah, 3? let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Ray Schremmerd, they're two brothers from Tupelo, Mississippi, who make goofy, silly, incredibly fun pop rap music. Uh, this is their third album, following Shrem Life and Shrem Life Two. Uh, they took the outcast esque tack of making two solo albums, and they topped that by also making a joint album. So it's a, a triple <laughs> album of sorts, and it's just incredibly fun, way more fun than that sort of cumbersome concept makes it sound. Uh, the song Power Glide yes. is one of the most like sheer joyful three minutes of music that you hear all year. <laughs> And maybe we can hear that in a minute. But the, these were, I mean, they, they had the song Black Beatles, of course. Right. Chart topping with Black Beatles. I thought, you know, their first album was amazing with uh, No Flex Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and their their right-hand producer, Mike Will, um, just have an incredible gift for for just packing an amazing amount of, like, joy into into music. How much of the album did Mike Will made it actually produce? Or I assume he executive produced the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he but produced a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah. but they, they did work with some other producers on, on this one, too, broaden their sound a little bit. So, so, wait, oh, oh, sorry. so I was gonna say, are yeah. you are you team uh, Sway Lee or team Slim Jimmy? I think they're best together, but I will say that listening to the solo albums, I think Sway Lee's is a little better. Swaycation. Wow, mm. we are we are gonna be completely uh, opposed here because I am all about the Slim Jimmy record, <laughs> which is. Uh, you know, definitely like the loud, booming, you know, post Miami bass, post crunk album that I'm, uh, you know, certainly post crunk. I love post crunk as a genre. That, that's yeah. Let's let's hear that. And we're almost done, but we wanted to talk definitely about Cardi B. Cardi B. The first time she was on the cover of Rolling Stone last year was very concerned. Even she was concerned that she could be a one-hit wonder. She had Bodak Yellow, and it was it was such a great song, but it sort of came out of nowhere. She did not have a, a long history of rapping. She was, in some ways, could have been destined to be a complete one-hit wonder, but she worked really hard and, and turns out to have a lot of talent, and she made a, a, a great album, right? Yeah, I mean, what an awesome surprise, I think, yeah, as you say, both for Cardi and for us, the listening public, that, you know, we already knew that she had one great hit. We knew she was an incredibly compelling social media and reality TV presence, but she's actually also an album artist. Her album, Invasion of Privacy, is an album you can sit down to and listen to front to back, which is more than a lot of other popular yeah. musicians can say. Yeah, I mean, say. which is more than you can say about a lot of rappers who are even more famous than her. Right, so I think you really have to sort of take hats off to Cardi. I mean, she made a great album. Yeah, you know, when... Um, oh, no, go when, when, uh <laughs> No, I'm going to interrupt the woman in the room to talk about Cardi B. <laughs> this, is, this is how we do things. No, you, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, once I start, I'm not going to be able to stop because it's... <laughs> I mean, just just today when I was looking at this, I mean, my I, I, I can't even organize my thoughts. The song Ring... Um, blew my mind in a new way today uh she starts off the song in a way that reminded me of patty smith's because the night which just turned 40 cardi sings should i call uh should i call first i can't decide i want to but a bitch got pride i mean this is just (laughs) you like you can't make originally wrote for those lyrics (laughs) yes well i mean and patty sings love is a ring the telephone i mean it's you know, just a continuum. Uh, Cardi is amazing. My personal favorite song, 
uh, Be Careful is, I know it's not the song of the summer, but it's kind of my my prayer of the summer. I, I, you know, I can't remember the last time I actually wrote my diary <laughs> earnestly about a song. And I mean, every verse is just poetry. It's John Keats. Which one should we hear? I mean, but the song of the summer, though, is I like it, right? Gotta hear, I like Gotta it. hear that. <laughs> I don't even think we have to cue that up. I think we can no, just, that's just tell everyone who's driving now to roll down their window <laughs> and just listen for the next 30 seconds. You'll, You'll probably hear, hear someone playing. <laughs> well, let's try it anyway. The ones that look like socks. I like going to the Tula. I put rocks all in my watch. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance. I like proving niggas wrong. I do what they say I can't. They call me Cardi. And Cardi is on the cover of our uh, big relaunch issue right now. Um, you know, very, very pregnant. Uh, and, and it's uh, quite a striking cover if you've seen it. And, and the story is by uh, Vanessa Gregoriadis, uh, wrote a great story. And uh, First pregnant belly on the cover of Rolling Stone, I think. You know, I, 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 God, I, I don't know. For sure. uh, Rick Ross. Besides, Rick, Rick Ross had like triplets. But besides that, yeah, I guess so. Maybe so. It's pretty but badass. Demi... Wasn't that was actually Vanity Fair. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that this is the first. I did a little research. Um, there's no other... I mean, it's pretty rare to see a full-on naked belly on the cover of a music magazine. So, But uh, well, let me say one yeah. more thing about the Cardi B record. Sure. Is it like, you know, when there is a, a hot single or a hot... You know, and, and no one last year, hands down, was hotter than Cardi B. She was the name last year and usually when you follow up an album with that it's you know you know 17 major label cooks you know throwing stuff in the soup and you get this you know weird post everything amalgam of like okay here's our hope to get the edm audience and then here's like you know the weird you know and it's it's like completely avoided that you know there's maybe I think there's like one ballad on the whole record and the rest is just she just goes but so the thing about Cardi's album is that it is major label A&R in that sense there are a ton of different producers and co-writers and yet the force of Cardi's personality makes it all (laughs) cohere it's incredible Simon you said your favorite record of the year was uh, Beach House's Seven yeah, so you know, talk about career longevity. This is their seventh album. They've been making great music for kind a long time. Kind of take a step back and explain wow. who they are, maybe. Yeah, they're a duo from Baltimore that make really dreamy, romantic indie pop. Uh, the rap on them from people who don't like them is that their albums sound the same. I think that that's actually a great thing about them. <laughs> uh, and but you know, the new album is a real leap forward. Uh, if you listen to the song "Pay No Mind," that's just like a great classic power ballad. Yeah, I mean that is the the rap that. To my knowledge, they have people who love them mm-hmm. and people who are totally indifferent to them, and I, I've not seen any in between. Right. So the the indifferent people are wrong, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The people who love them are right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, there there is like a gradual evolution in their records. But I think on on this one, their seventh album, they've really stepped forward in a really exciting way. And you're a fan, Sarah? Yeah. I, I, I mean, a huge, huge fan. Uh, I I will say that um, given our list of the uh, best songs of the 2000s or 2010s uh, that we just put out on this issue, I was thinking a lot about Karen O, and I think that Victoria Legrand is similarly one of the most influential voices in you know modern music today. 
um, okay. whether you're a fan or not, uh, whether you know them or not. Well, Chris, uh, oh, you you you, you, more, stated, you more, <laughs> more like Karen Z Z Z Z Z. You you said I believe uh, uh, fuck Beach House was the quote from Chris Weingarten. I just <laughs> I just cannot get with this uh, you know somnambulant hazy goop. I thought you excited. Oh, it's not goop. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, you know, I mean, I ride for low. That's who, that's, you know, that's a little more, uh, you know, cleaner and, uh, you know, more studiously put together in my opinion. But, you know, yeah, give me, give me my goop in, in, in great disgusting chunks like sleep, who I hope we can, who I hope we can hear, uh, very soon. This is a list of the uh, top 50 albums of, of 2018. It's on our website and it's it's pretty detailed. We're not going to be adding to it, but if you want to know what we're going to be adding to it, just follow the you know the reviews we'll post. And then at the end of the year, we're going to post another list about you know that, that's that's more definitive. And some of the albums on this list will just disappear, and mm-hmm. that won't mean they're not good. It just means that maybe they they're not the best. They're not the best, or just like the person arguing for them didn't have a good argument. It's it's hard it's hard to say. But uh, this has been uh, Rolling Stone Music. Now I had. Chris Weingarten, Simon Vozik-Levinson, and Sarah Grant, and thanks for being here. And we will be back next week here on Sirius XM's Volume, Channel 106. In the meantime, we're a podcast. You can download us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe leave us a nice review on iTunes if you can. I read them all, (laughs) and even the crazy ones. And we will see you next week, and as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.